0: Welcome to Vancouver True Crime. I'm back with Seantal. F- focuses on narcissistic abuse, psychopathy, and just basically rotten people. You're you're involved with someone who's rotten in their behavior, you're trying to break free. And if you listen to my last podcast we we get into like the dynamics of this emotional abuse and the glue and the stuff that ties you down and and sometimes that that saying it's hard to see the forest from the trees so Mm -hmm. hopefully in this conversation we can provide the listening audience some clarity some resources and just strategies of what to do if you're in an awful relationship that could turn or is violent if you've been listening to me for a while You know, some of the cases I've done recently have been worst and the most awful kind of outcomes. So my goal is try to prevent the listening audience, if anyone's in this type of situation, to prevent this. So thank you. Thank you for coming back. and, And it's a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you so much. I really, truly believe that knowledge is power. So my mission in life, I think like yours is, is to educate people because I think there's a real lack of education and knowledge and awareness uh, in society, which then trickles down to victims who are in these relationships and may not even realize it's abuse because it's not your stereotypical form of abuse. Not all abuse leaves marks, not all abuses are hams. Um, a lot of it's very insidious and very covert. Uh, it's the constant nitpicking and criticism. Having said that, oftentimes the leaving, because it creates such an abandonment wound for your abuser, uh, escalates the violence. So if, you're, if you've never experienced fear because of there's never been a raised hand or a fist, you leaving can trigger that. Um, leaving is the scariest part of the equation.
0: Like just like if you, I studied, you know, cult indoctrination, and a lot of this same type of behavior it overlaps. Like we talk oh, yeah. about the classic love bombing. You meet Prince Charming, he's, and then it slowly you get conditioned, and then after you get conditioned, and then you start accepting, kind of a situation that you normally wouldn't. Maybe you have kids, maybe you' your everything in your life is tied. Maybe it's isolation, but the bottom line is it's it's hostility. It comes down to being in a hostile environment, when someone doesn't really want the best interest for you.
1: And that's the tricky part, though. We have to always remember that abusers are not horrible 100% of the time. I like to call it the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, and they intersperse the 80% with 20% here and there, little breadcrumbs, little morsels of affection and attention, which you, the person, becomes then really hopeful about you see the glimmer of what you mm-hmm. first met what first attracted you to this person it's just enough to keep you engaged and For sure. not so much to make you feel good about yourself because remember no. they condition you to feel really horrible about yourself and to lack confidence and self-esteem because then you are less likely to leave if you felt good about yourself if you were rested and you weren't stressed and you were clear-headed you would see more clearly what you're dealing with. Um, but because you're exhausted and emotionally just drained and depleted yes. and also physically you, you stay because you're simply in survival mode.
0: I want to share something for when I was, you know, again, for the audience, my, my late wife passed away in 2020 and about six months into her and her behavior changed. She had a, a stroke but didn't tell anyone, but she did have other uh, health issues as well that compounded. So her behavior changed very rapidly and and very intensely. And at first, you know, I I didn't really know what was going on. You know, you think of stress, maybe, you know, or your situation you're in, maybe you're, you're making excuses. I was making excuses for her, right? But then I did this I was when I started researching like you know if like her behavior was beyond my uh, capacity to understand and to navigate so you know again I went online I started to research and I came across this lady who said something so if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. and each day you're in that relationship and you, you using a weather symbol right if you have a nice day with that person you put a sunny you know it was a sunny day everything was pleasant pleasant day right If it was kind of crappy eggshells, maybe gray clouds, rainy, right? If it's fighting, all out fighting, maybe a lightning storm. If it's an all out cops at the house, everything, you know, hurricane or typhoon or natural disaster, right? And then you start looking at the calendar, how many sunny days you have. Well, and for me, when I started doing that, out of three months, I think I had four sunny days. So that showed me a pattern like, okay, it's not me. I'm trying to get along. I don't want to fight. I don't want to bicker. I don't want to, you know, go to bed exhausted and feeling like you're so frustrated that you simply can't even communicate with the person anymore. So I guess the first stage, I guess, the reason I brought it up is awareness, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And you can always tell that your relationship is not healthy when you have to start Googling behavior. That truly, because of the beauty of technology, you now have all these resources at your fingertip. And when you are starting to have to Google what you're experiencing, that's a Mm -hmm. giant red flag that the behavior, the environment, the relationship, quote unquote, that you're in is not a healthy one. And to really pay attention to the cycles, right? To really document. I love to tell people to journal because it's really hard to see the forest for the trees when you're in this type of relationship, because again, you're so emotionally exhausted and your memory isn't good and you're in survival mode. So you're just trying to get through every day. But if you can journal, Mm -hmm. you can start to see patterns of behavior and you'll just, like you said, you can start to see that there's more negative than positive. Really at the end of the day, your partner quote unquote is supposed Mm -hmm. to support you. Yes. There's going to be hard days. No relationship Mm -hmm. is perfect. Even the most healthy, uh, Tightly bonded couples go through ups and downs, right? That's yeah, normal. Of course. Yeah, it's life. But when you life wake up be and before you open your eyes, you think, what am I waking up to today?
0: Yes. Am yeah. I going to
1: get the person that I fell in love with or am I going to yeah. get this Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Are unsure yeah. as to before you open your eyes, what you're going to get into. That's a real sign that this relationship has passed the point of just... Being unhappy. It's yeah. really starting to enter into the unhealthy, possibly toxic, most likely abusive.
0: Me speaking personally, I don't think there's anything in my life that was more exhausting. You know, I've worked in tough jobs. I worked as an iron worker on construction sites. I've worked in bars. I worked crazy corporate environments with toxicity and startups that were you know, 15 hour a day, seven days a week, you know, somebody's putting 90 hours in. I can thrive in stress. I've been been in a lot of stressful environments, but being in an environment where the person that you chose to share your life with is pitted against you and trying to convince you what a terrible, shitty person you are, but you're lucky to have them, right? Right. Right. (laughs) I will never, ever do that again.
1: Here's the thing. People Hmm. can endure all sorts of stress outside yeah. in the world, right? The yes. world is a stressful place just by yes. nature, by default. Yes. Work is a you know stressful, F- financially it's super stressful, but here's the thing, your home life is mm-hmm. supposed to be your port. It's supposed yes. to be your safe place. It's supposed to be where you come back to recharge your battery so mm-hmm. that you can go back out into the world and deal with the stressors of being an adult and a child, right? If your home life is depleting your battery and you come home and you are feeling more exhausted at home in the outside world, that again is a giant red flag because your house is supposed to be peaceful. It's supposed to be calm. It's supposed to be, you should not fear speaking your mind, having an opinion, expressing your needs and wants with your partner. A healthy partner may not always agree with you.
0: No, but you no. can
1: come to, you know, we can agree to disagree and there's no harm and there's no hurt feelings. Yeah, there's no weight exactly. or silent treatment. When you start to filter and monitor what you mm-hmm. say for fear of how that might come across to your partner, again, a giant red flag, yes. this is most likely not a healthy relationship, but more than likely, possibly even an abusive one. And remember, abuse is not just physical and it's not no. just yelling. So many people stay in relationships that are very, very abusive because there's no physical and there's no outward rage. There's no like yelling and screaming and name calling.
0: Smarter ones. They know that if they're yell and scream, that could be caught on tape and that can someone else can hear it and witness it, hitting some you know, evidence. Oh, you hit me, there's a mark, right? But I find like the really good abusers are good at just vibing you. Dirty looks, sideways looks, silent treatment. You ask them a direct question, they just walk away, don't answer. Oh, and then if you ask, didn't hear you, sorry. I was, I was Those are
1: really covert ones. Those are the ones yes. that are really tricky because again, as a society, we typically mm-hmm. associate domestic violence, even even that that term is really yeah. confusing for people because it has the word yes. violence in it, right? Yeah, so violence, people think yeah. violence means blood, means bruises, means
0: Yeah, bashed in the head. Bones,
1: right? But it's everything that makes you feel fearful and everything that diminishes your ability to thrive. It's every word, every action, every eye roll, every sigh. <laughs> Yeah, Every,
0: roll your um, eyes when they talk. Oh. Right?
1: As a one-off, we all don't act beautifully all the time, right? No, but when there's no. a repeated pattern yeah. of behavior where this is their go-to when you don't do what they want to do. And remember... Their goalposts are constantly moving. So one day they Mm -hmm. like their steak medium rare. You've, you know, become the grill master and you've Mm -hmm. got the, you know, your grill marks just so, and it's beautiful, medium rare. And so you've Mm -hmm. honed this skill because you've been conditioned that if it's not just this way, you're going to be ignored. Mm -hmm. They're going to, you know, put you down in small ways they come home and they say i don't like my steak this way how could you not know this right oh god and then yeah. so your goalposts are constantly changing that creates this pervasive fear atmosphere what is it going to be today what do i have to do to make sure that they are happy and so mm-hmm. and you can tell in this type of family dynamic everybody behaves to address one person it's like they're the sun and the world revolves
0: yeah around yeah I've seen that so, so many times
1: and in these types of dynamics a healthy protective parent so say it's me so mm-hmm. I'm the mom I have a husband and I have three kids and I love my children more than anybody else in the whole mm-hmm. wide world but I now put my husband right above my children i cater to him more than i cater to my children's needs why because i'm living Mm -hmm. in fear if i don't make sure that he's happy we all suffer right so yeah it's a reversal of roles because truly you would put your children before but in this type of dynamic your everyone's focus is on making this one person happy
0: oh totally i've seen like just such cringy stuff like that too like i remember this one family i friends with every time the husband went to work it was just like you think he was going off to war off on the front lines the mom the oldest daughter they'd greet him at the door and take walk him to the door, wave when he gets in his truck oh like he's going to fight the end you know what i mean it was just like every <laughs> single time i'm like wow i remember like he would be walking to a truck and the oldest daughter would yell mom dad's leaving dad's leaving calm calm like but it was so That's over the top for Yeah, it was so over the top. It was so, and you just see how you just gross, like it was gross. And the guy was such a loser, too, right? Right, and zero personalities, always in a bad mood, always like giving you that sideways look, like, I don't know about you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about us because this type of personality also always assumes that everyone is as duplicitous and devious as them, right? They're hyper paranoid because they truly. Like have no issue throwing you under the bus. They would throw their own mom oh, under the bus yeah. if it got oh, them yeah. some totally. sort of gain, right? So they assume that if they're cheating, you're cheating, which is why they yeah. project onto you, right? A really huge clue too that I see with a lot of my clients is mm-hmm. you can tell this person is toxic, abusive when they leave, when they're not in the home. Like say they have like a work trip for three days and. Right. The energy level just dissipates and oh
0: yeah everyone's happy right like people and, yeah. can actually
1: like you can actually physically see like the sigh of like
0: yay yeah, he's gone the ogre's gone
1: the converse happens when they're expected to come back right people start right. to get more on edge more nervous more snippy more reactive because they know that the moment this person comes back through the door the atmosphere is going to change right
0: for sure Yeah, no, I've seen a lot like over the years, like that exactly what the scenario you're talking about, where everyone's happy, everyone's oh five o'clock, oh my god, dad's coming home or whomever, and then and then it's a whole atmosphere, just like the air gets charged and it's like you can't breathe. As you know, you feel like you're, you can feel the anxiety in the air, totally. Everyone's nervous.
1: Environment, right? Like I equate it to if you're raised in a home where your parents are chronic indoor smokers. You don't notice that the air quality in your house is so toxic, Mm -hmm. right? Like like, literally it's toxic until you have opportunities to leave your home and go to other Mm -hmm. people's homes where the air is actually healthy. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh my gosh, this is what it feels like. Like this is actually when you're in it, it becomes normalized, right? It's why like when people especially don't have to deal with the raised voices or the hitting or the physical part, it could always be worse. Well, you know, he doesn't hit me
0: yeah, or
1: she's not yeah. calling me names all day, every day. Right. So it's not yeah. that bad. Like I have it pretty good. Um, yeah. This is just but how families work? work. Right. Like, Families can be dysfunctional. Uh, it's totally normal to keep secrets. It's totally normal mm-hmm. to not have friends over or to socialize with people. This becomes normalized in these toxic family systems.
0: For sure. You well, know, like like we're saying in the beginning, right? Again, you pick a partner because they're supposed to enhance your life. You're supposed to coexist. And, and then when they become like your greatest enemy at the end of the day, that's another way to boil it down because – you wouldn't accept friendships like that. Or even if your boss talked to you the way like these, you know, some of these these situations, you'd just be appalled and say, okay, I'm putting in my two weeks notice. You can't talk to me like that. So a lot of times what I see is behavior that won't be accepted in any other part of their life. They're accepting it. Into another part of life. For me, that was the hardest part because it was, well, yeah, yeah, it was this because it was against your against your whole principles and stuff. For me, caused like an implosion because it's like you're accepting this behavior. It's making you feel worse, but somehow you feel trapped in it, right?
1: Well, that's what I say to my clients, and I say and I post this like on like my social is we hold parents to a, a much lower. Standard of care than we do complete strangers. If a teacher was yeah. to treat children the way that these adult parents treat their children, if a psychologist was to treat their children clients the way that this abusive parent te- uh, treats their their child, they'd get disparred. They'd get criminal oh, charges yeah. laid against them, right? But yeah. because it's the child's parent, we allow it. I mean, j- judges all over the world. Mm-hmm. allow abuse of parents to have access to their children God. because it's their parent. It's almost like children are property to be divided.
0: Yeah. Um, and they don't have any human
1: yeah. rights themselves because they're just yeah. children. They don't know what they're talking about. It's always in the child's best interest to have access to both parents.
0: Talked a little bit before we started. It's like, I think for a lot of people, including myself, until like about the last five years of my life, I still felt I had pretty rose-colored glasses about the system. You need a problem, you have a serious problem, you can call the police, they'll be there to help you. Family law issue, oh, let's get a good lawyer, they'll sort it all out. Maybe it's because of the pandemic, maybe a whole bunch of other factors, but to my surprise and shock, as I, you know, venture more into this stuff the, how badly the system is broken and how contrary for what it is that you're taught is a shock to most people. And it still is a shock to me is some of the stuff I've been going through. It's just like completely, it's, I can't even believe that I'm in this reality because it's nothing like the reality that I was taught. And so, I think
1: that's the big problem is that people yes. assume that leaving is the hardest part. And then once no. they leave, and society also puts a tremendous burden on people. Right. Yes. If you stay, you're damaging your children. You have to get out. Right. So, this, yes. this innate presumption that by leaving, you're going to have social security nets in place to help no. you. Right. Yeah. And every, there is maybe like 1% of my clients who happen upon great lawyers and get great results in court. God, right? 1%. Educated judges. Right. Thanks. But the vast majority of the people that I work with come to me after they've made. Yes the wrong choices, right? Because they just don't know. They assume that social workers are going to be educated, that judges are going to be educated, that there's proof of domestic violence. So obviously that's going to be taken into consideration and their spouse who's abusive is going to lose parenting privileges, right? And I see it time and time again. They leave and it's like leading a lamb to slaughter. They just get pulverized by the system and they get re-traumatized because they go into it naive like everybody else who just has never engaged with the system (laughs) right people who are outside who have not had uh to engage with the system naively assume we're all guilty of this until you actually engage in this that it's Mm -hmm. going to help victims and it's not going to re-victimize them and re-traumatize them but like i said it's like one percent of the population who who actually gets the right people at the right time and are able to actually win their case and protect their children and themselves. The vast majority of people go into this assuming that it's going to Mm -hmm. be helpful for them and that they're going to get the support, Mm -hmm. and they're let down time and time again, which is why knowledge is power, education is key. And before you even leave, I can't stress this enough, and I know it's because I'm in the industry and it's what I do, Mm. but you need to secure expert support yes. before you even yes. hire your lawyer because yes. your lawyer is your second most valuable advocate and if you hired yes. the wrong lawyer that is yes. going to cost you time and money that you don't have and could potentially cost you your children
0: oh for also. sure absolutely i agree 100 percent. you know again i'm not going to really get break down all the crazy stuff yeah. i've been through but but anyways it all i can say if i agreeing with you if i met you three, four years ago, I think you could avoid it a lot of BS uh, that that I've been going through personally. I
1: get this all the time from people. I wish I'd met you last year. I wish I'd met you six months ago. This is why I put myself out there and you don't even Mm -hmm. have to hire me. I'm not even just an advocate for me. I mean, I think I do a fantastic job and I'm one of the best in the industry, but hire somebody who is an expert in this field. Truthfully, And yeah. I don't even care who you hire. Just yes. hire somebody who's going to guide you through the process because yes. your job in leaving is to protect yourself and your children. And by not taking that really important step, everything right. else is inconsequential because you'll make the wrong decisions because you just don't know.
0: For, you know, Alex passed when Alexandra was my late wife, she would have like psychotic breaks cops had come to the house i was calm because you know I, I didn't want to go to jail i wasn't causing any fights i wasn't yelling so i'd interact with the cops talk to him calmly the cops were really good they didn't escalate the situation and she would just still be screaming like from the roof beams like this it just real as dramatic as dramatic can be all every single time i think they came four times over a three-month period all four times the good cops arrived. They didn't try to escalate it. They didn't try to stir up the pot. So I had a good impression. Thank God, right? It was in, in that case. Because God, if they put her in handcuffs, oh my God, I couldn't imagine what would have happened. Because she was completely like uh, uh-huh. having psychotic breaks, right? Uh-huh. Then when she passed away at Royal Columbian Hospital, the social worker there, the people there, the resources were absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I have nothing terrible to say. And, and then everyone I dealt with after that, we were amazing a few years later needed the system again. And it was a complete opposite. Like it was almost like how, how, you know, like what I'm saying is that you have these very different experiences. So I was prepared like, Oh no, they, they you know, they they will help. They, they're yeah. good. Cause I had these positive experiences and maybe because of the pandemic, you know, it could be a factor, but i think it's important for the listeners and i can't emphasize this um, enough as great as your evidence you have the diaries the the videotape and it's important to have that because the more that you can collaborate your story the The system is not kind to victims and that's what from doing this platform from the hundreds and hundreds of cases Working with victims' families that have had the worst you know, outcomes possible, working directly with victims' families, one thing that's universal that they all cross the board, cross the country, the system victimize them as much as a perpetrator.
1: It's almost worse because you expect the system to support you.
0: You've already been
1: traumatized and you've already been victimized. And then to be re-victimized by the very system that's set in place to protect you and your children is more traumatic because it's just an ongoing, it enables. See, the system is designed to enable, embolden, and empower abusers. Abusers do very well in the system because they present really well. They can be charming and charismatic when they need to be. Typically victims who are not educated about the system go into this thinking that they can just speak their truth and just be who yes. they are and Yeah, you think truth's on
0: your side, you're just gonna right? you know present the facts and Yep.
1: There's so much to be said in how you present, right? And it's unfortunate yeah. because you're a victim and you're emotional and you're exhausted and you're depleted yes. and you're stressed and you're worried about the most important thing in the world, and that is your children. For and sure. so that is on the line like truly your children's lives are on the line and so you come across and i see it time and time again there is no judgment in the statement you come across as crazy unhinged overly emotional yes. reactive yes. A judge just sees two people. And unfortunately, fighting. because All of society, conscience. we think it takes two to tango. There's that really pervasive attitude. It takes two to tango. Yes. It's an incompatibility issue between two adults. You separate the adults and the mm-hmm. anything that was toxic or abusive will be gone. The children will not be affected. They're affected because the two of you are together. So if you divorce, the children will no longer suffer. Both people will de-escalate and become healthy individuals. They see two people your ex, the abuser, presents really calmly, unemotional, really articulate, really, Mm -hmm. you know, they know how to pander and cater to their audience. Mm -hmm. You come across as really reactive and volatile. They see two people, they look at you and they say, that's the issue right there.
0: Yes. I mean, I see so
1: many people who even lose their children. Oh God. Right? They lose their children because... They have made mistakes that so many people make, but it's just the perfect storm of too many mm-hmm. mistakes. The wrong lawyer, the wrong yes. evidence, the wrong communication, the wrong presentation, the wrong strategy and planning. And they go in court and it's game over.
0: Yeah. And you know what, as I said, five years ago, I think, oh, your knees are the worst case scenarios, you know, right? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and here's the
1: thing is so many people, uh, Come out and live great lives. Yes. But So many people go in and then are pulverized. And yeah. they are a fraction of the person they were even when they left their abuser. Because truly, the most important thing to these people are their children. So For when sure. their children are suffering and in pain, when their children turn against them, when their children come back belligerent and rude because they're forced to cohabitate with an abuser, it is... It strips them of their humanity. Um, it does. And it
0: does. And think what it, the betrayal it does too, because it's saying, again, like, like I, I mentioned this on another podcast and, you know, way that my mind works and maybe I'm foolish, but you just say this, you put a decade into somebody mm-hmm. and you've been through all their trials and error and support and death of loved ones and family members. and You know, you, you, you spend a decade with anyone, you know ups and downs and stuff like that but been there with them and you think that's going to create like some loyalty this from the psychopath narcissistic spectrum they weaponize mm-hmm. that against you and so so a normal person even if it, even if you're having conflict they could differentiate maybe the things that the things about you that bother them where narcissists it's like they'll take the things that are important to you and then they turn around and weaponize you so if you care about your they kids they'll use your kids the, if you care about your family, all oh, your family's lunatics and that's why you're crazy because your family's crazy. Because all the things yep. he told me, they, they cherry pick things and then mm-hmm. they build this case and then they attack you and, and rip you apart, right? So
1: and when for an average
0: is person, fast, that's that's pretty harsh, right? You never have been through that. And
1: fathom that parents can do that to children, right? We all yes. think again, the pervasive attitude in society is that all parents love their children.
0: No, they don't. And I
1: will die on this platform and I will stand by this until the day that I die. And that is unequivocally false. Not all parents love their children. And that Mm -hmm. is such a horrible thing for me to have come to. I am the biggest proponent of love. I am the most optimistic Mm -hmm. person there is. I really believe in the goodness of everybody. I'm here to tell you that I am reformed. I do not yeah. see the good people. I have seen the worst. And these people yeah. truly have no qualms or issues using their children to hurt mm-hmm. their spouse. And they all do it. No matter how your divorce ends, no matter how the finances, when the money is split, because that's the mm-hmm. biggest issue for them is money. When oh, that money. Yeah, exactly. money is split,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you think, oh, now I can breathe a sigh of relief guess what? It's not over. Now they're going to turn their focus onto your children. And they do. And nobody believes me because nobody wants to believe this. Right. And if you aren't prepared for that, then guess what? The next 10 to 18 years is going to be a quagmire of horrible stuff that you are not prepared for. You have to anticipate their tactics so you can mitigate their tactics. And your children will yeah, fight just- dirty.
0: They'll they'll smear. They'll get other people involved. They'll
1: turn your children against you. It's I've seen it yeah. Two eyes, like my own two eyes. They will take a child who is heavily bonded to their parent, and in a short amount of time, they will turn that child against the parent, so that the child no longer even wants to be with that parent ever. And if they're forced to. Yeah. Then okay. they will. So, Chantel,
0: let's talk about this. Then let's. Uh, so, this is a scenario of someone who's been with a partner for a very long time. Let's say they even, you know, cases where they met someone in their teens, and the conditioning is so like you know they've had years to do their brainwashing, their their Charlie Manson, you know, mind control techniques and
1: brainwashing.
0: Yeah, like, these people are like brainwashing.
1: Organization that does this sort of stuff. It's the same sort of tactics, the same. Yeah,
0: totally. So a person like that, let's say they're slowly waking up, you could have like say 15 minutes with them. What would be like, like they're just starting (gasps) to realize that, Hey, this sucks. I need to get out of this crap.
1: Is that you absolutely can get out and it's overwhelming and scary, especially because you've been brainwashed to believe that you're incapable of life outside of this relationship. Truly. Mm -hmm. That is their goal is to make you so uh, attached to them and so dependent on them that even though you know it's bad, it's better to be with the devil you know than the devil you don't. So you stay. You first have to understand that it is possible to have a great life despite this abuse and that it's everybody stays because they're paralyzed by fear and overwhelm and uncertainty. They don't know what to do. You need to be strategic. You need to plan. So unless safety is an issue like an imminent issue Mm -hmm. that you need to address, then you just have to leave, just leave without anything. There is no safety issue at the moment, you need to go into this prepared. And truthfully, again, you need to hire somebody like me of my caliber who can expertly prepare you for the exit so that when you actually have that talk and leave, you have prepared everything you are strategic in your thinking, you are making decisions based on knowledge and not from a place of fear, so that you can exit and then continue on life. And yes, they don't ever change. They're going to continue, but guess what? You will change. That's the piece of the equation. That's so important. They will never change. You can't control them. You can't change them. Stop focusing on them, put all your focus on you by changing your perspective and understanding that you have a lot more power than you've been led to believe and to really focus and harness that power and to come really into your truth and your boundaries and again, always thinking strategically and planning, not living in fear, but anticipating what's going to come down the pipeline and hopefully have having done the work beforehand to avoid the real big blowouts, right? There's always yes. going to be issues. Um, but again, you learn to not engage, right? You've yes. been conditioned to engage every time they say, boo, you say, what would you like now? Um, and if you actually do these pieces and you actually are strategic in your exit, your chance of surviving and thriving exponentially goes up. Um, and you can avoid all the issues that so many people come upon because they just don't know, right? That's why expert support is so key because nobody anticipates it getting worse. They think that no. leaving the part and once they leave it's going to get easier. I'm here to tell you not as a Debbie Downer or a Doomsdayer it gets worse. It always gets worse before it gets better. And if you make a plan and you're strategic in your exit, then you can avoid a lot of these pitfalls that so many people make.
0: And this, I think this is a good piece for the um, listener to understand. So when I was in, you know, again, I'm using analogy in the business world, when I was in corporate sales and I had this woman who was with my boss, she was amazing. She probably taught me some of the best uh, sales and business development techniques of, of, of anyone. And one of the things she always emphasizes is having cooperation with someone. In your, in my case, when I'm trying to deal with a, even a difficult client, if these cooperating and maybe a little bit personality clash, that's one thing. There's cooperation. We're trying to get something done together. We're trying to get on the same page. There might be some negotiation differences. But the cooperation means that I can work with you right? Mm-hmm. When there's no cooperation, you hit a wall. And then it's sort of like, am I even wasting my time with this client when I could be dealing with a client that could be cooperating with me? So I took that into my personal life, right? And then personal life, if a person does not want to cooperate with you, no matter how reasonable, like in my case, like when I was at my worst and my relationship, when it was at, at its bottom, I was 280 pounds from all the binge eating and not sleeping and running around chasing toddlers with no help, I felt horrible. I used to have to like, hey, I haven't had a shower in two days. Can you watch the kids so I can have a shower? Oh, maybe when I get back and then take off in the car, not come back for four hours. When You, you know what I mean? So if they can't even cooperate with you and you have like, a, I mean, have a 15-minute shower, something that, that's the most reasonable thing, that should be like a red flag. So if someone's not cooperating with you, Right. Then you step back and you ask her, why are they cooperating This to be a jerk, to make my life miserable? What's the underlining motive? Right. So for me, you know, again, now that I'm healthy, that's a huge thing. If, if I can't get mm-hmm. someone to cooperate with me, I just OK, no, thanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And
1: here's the thing is you said something really important. And this is like a real key because yeah. your inner health is manifested in your outward health. And so many people in these relationships, they're either too underweight because they just can't eat
0: Mm -hmm. or
1: they're overweight because, again, you are very bottom of the equation. Your Mm -hmm. needs come last. You're good parents. So your children come way above you and your Mm -hmm. unhealthy, toxic, abusive spouse comes above them, right? So Mm -hmm. you have no time. And you have no passions and you have no hobbies and you are probably isolated and don't feel good about yourself. You've been conditioned Mm -hmm. to believe what they're saying to you, which is that you are subpar in every single way. Um, and even if you go into this type of relationship, again, so many people think it's weak people that are attracted to these people. No. I, I'm here to tell you that people from very healthy families who were raised mm-hmm. in a loving home, people who are very educated and successful and beautiful and handsome and, and charming, they fall prey to these people. Um, So it's not just the week, but you're conditioned over time to simply submit. It's easier to go along and get along Mm -hmm. than it is to put up a fight. And so your health at the end of it, your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, your relational health, and your physical health will all suffer. You might have sleeping issues. Your hair might fall out. You might Mm -hmm. have eczema. You might have thyroid issues. You might have irritable bowel syndrome. All these things are signs that your environment is toxic. And the only way just to, to thrive is to remove yourself from the toxicity. That's it. You can't survive. It's like
0: cancer. I can't emphasize it. it. It's like it's cancer. People you from the out. inside out. Yeah, absolutely. Stress
1: kills. Chronic stress in your entire relationship, even when it's good, is still stressful because you know at any given moment, the good times might come to an abrupt end. And the monster that you've been conditioned to see will rear its head for whatever reason. You put the cutlery wrong on the table. You didn't bathe the kids with the right bubble bath. uh, You forgot to compliment them on their new haircut, right? So even when it's good, um, it's still bad and still stressful. You're waiting with bated breath for the, okay, now this is the person that I've gotten used to, right? The person who belittles me and criticizes me. And sometimes they don't even have to say horrible things. It's laced in like a joke. Right, for sure. Or, yeah, you
0: know, it's my comments, like it falls, or
1: right, and then and then if you don't laugh because it's not funny and it's hurtful and you feel hurt, they say things like, "Oh, you just can't take a joke. You're so sensitive. Yeah. You have low self esteem. You should really go to therapy to address that."
0: You know, they're always good at diagnosing stuff as well, right? Which is kind of <laughs> I find I find that bad.
1: Really, no way. I've got depression. You yeah, have depression for the, of the, of the likes of you. This way. <laughs> So many people develop anxiety and depression because of these relationships, right? These relationships cause all sorts of chronic health issues that don't
0: just
1: wait when you leave, right? If you don't address the stress through your divorce and your separation and you don't create strong boundaries and seek to heal yourself, the stress will literally kill you. People get very sick.
0: If someone's starved of, of affection, let's say, you know, in case like, you know, you haven't had any embassy for three months, it's just been fighting, it's crazy, it's this insult. And then that person can turn on the charm like a fire hose. And that's like a drug, right? You know, oh, I'm oh, yeah. sorry, I've been under so much stress. And, you know, the excuses even sound reasonable at the time. and and And, and for my case, right? I didn't even want, like, even, like, I wasn't even looking for that in the end. I just wanted normalcy. Just, a, like, what yeah. what would be just, like, the most basic you know standard of coexisting yep. with now this high bar it was this high water mark right where i'm so yeah. underwater and it's like the, the dysfunction,
1: yes. right so yes. you're no longer asking for like hand holding like for your specific yeah. love language to be met mm. you're just asking for basic human decency yeah,
0: decency and yeah
1: that is like asking for the world
0: oh totally. right and
1: aren't you happy i provide for you or i do yeah. so much. And I'm here, and you're not, so you become accepting of the breadcrumbs, and they become a feast for you because you're ravenous. You would not have accepted this in your prior life. You would no, have been like absolutely no. not, right? But yeah. you've been conditioned. To, they don't start out this way, mm-hmm. and they they start out mirroring what you like, love yes. bombing, future faking. They really, really pay attention to you and what you're saying. If you want a big family, guess what? They want a big family. Oh, yeah, if they believe in loyalty, yeah. guess what? They believe in loyalty. If you like the color yeah. pink, guess what? Oh my gosh, it oh, must my be so favorite color. <laughs> My favorite
0: color is the color
1: pink too, right? Yeah. Everything that you say, they pick up and they pay attention to. They are stalking you like prey.
0: They yeah. are the predator,
1: you are the prey, and they're picking up on all your micro cues as to what makes What's you tick, important to you. right? And then they mirror that back to you. So you're actually falling in love with yourself. So
0: strange.
1: That's how awesome you are. Yeah. You're so awesome at the beginning that this person is mirroring back and you're thinking, wow, that person's really awesome because you're awesome. And over time, they gradually decrease all of their attention and affection. They start to ghost you. So you work harder.
0: Yeah, or the, what they call the yo-yoing. I, I've been seeing yeah. this this phenomenon where it's like they pop in your life, everything's all cheery, communicate with them again, oh, you're too shitty, you're terrible, okay. Right. yeah.
1: In the industry, if you have no children attached and you divorce or you separate or you end the relationship, you go like cold turkey. There's zero yeah. communication, right? Because yeah. any time they get to infiltrate you, you are literally coming off of the high of a drug. You're addicted yes. to the cycle yes. of abuse. As, as sick as that sounds,
0: yeah. you are
1: addicted to the highs and the lows. Your body responds by releasing chemicals that feel good, right? Yeah. So you literally are addicted to them. So leaving them is like cutting a habit cold turkey. It's like ending your oh, heroin yeah. addiction, love affair with heroin or cocaine or whatever your drug of choice is, it's the same. You'll go through withdrawal symptoms, which is why like people, like, did I make the right choice? And to this person who then c- tries to love bomb you back into the fold, and they're saying all the right things, and you're thinking, oh, that feels really good. Yeah. Well, think about really what you said,
0: that. though. You said something very important, right? And they are just prefacing it again. glad I don't do online dating. It would just seem like a bloody nightmare I just ha- would have zero patience for it's it a
1: I'm, dream yeah.
0: area. but it is such at a blunt stage in my life right I just you know I just I, I couldn't do I don't know just that's another conversation but anyways <laughs> so like i maybe I'll give an example before I met an Alex before I met Alexandra working at an amazing job downtown I had a fancy job I was making good money I had a place in kits you know everything perfect on paper so okay well I'm single I'm going to go on some dates every date i went to was just you know nice on paper attractive in photo but just like the most bland personality show up or 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 my favorite one this is a this one's funny i go on a date for lady first date all she would talk about is how her friend went on a first date and the guy bought her a five thousand dollar coach purse (laughs) but but kept going back to that subject oh oh, it's such a nice purse so I just looked at her point blank and said okay I'll buy you the I'll buy you the purse however I want you to do something in return I want you to donate $500 to a food bank and I'll buy you a $5,000 purse she looked at me like oh $500 (laughs) oh you okay fine that's my offer take it or leave it never talk to her ever again so then you meet someone that doesn't care about all that stuff. They like you, like you said. You you like coffee. They're a coffee connoisseur. You know yeah. what I mean. You're into working. You know, oh, they you want, want to get. Be of
1: you. really horrible dates and experiences, and yes. you meet this weekend, right? And yes. They are attractive to your eye, first of all, because we're all yes. people who look at people and think, "Oh, that's a tasty looking mm-hmm. cupcake." Right? The frosting looks really great. Right? Yeah. And then you start to peel back the layers of the frosting and oh, the cake is kind of delicious too, right? They're saying all the things that I like. They like all the same things. We have a lot in common. Yeah. Wow. In this desert of dating, I found the oasis.
0: Yeah. Somebody enjoyed being time with. You know, mm-hmm, just going right. doing like this normal everyday. Oh, it's hanging out at the beach, watching the sunset, where the other person's like, Well, the last boyfriend bought me a $500 bottle of tequila, yeah. you know, or whatever. There was a, like, I, I felt like I went on a lot of dates, no matter what you did from They'd always mention what someone else said. Oh, like, even this person who he met, a person that's in venture capitalism, they went on their first date, they went on a private jet. Oh, that's wonderful for this invisible person. I never met. Thank you for bringing it up right on a first
1: person who who is the predator will pay attention. If that's important to you of being the person who buys your partner, these beautiful things as a show, like, look at me, I'm so amazing and I can Mm -hmm. take care of people that I can, I will, I'll buy you the Ferrari and I'll buy you the Louis Vuitton and I will (laughs) put the Rolex on your wrist tonight. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I take great pleasure in, the outward displays. But if you come across the person who might have the trappings of success, but you're really humble and you're really just about smelling the roses yeah. and the minutiae in life, right? Finding the happiness in the small things, that person who would really like you to buy them a Lamborghini, by the way, and the purse and the big house and because mm-hmm. they're all about money will hone in on the humility and really right. like to do simple things and picnics at the beach with homemade things and yeah. does not require a lot of money and you know shops at Value Village because why buy new when I can save the planet yeah. by buying used, right? Fulturistic. Um, yes. Yes, yeah. right. They they know exactly how to manipulate because, again, a lot of these people, not all, but a lot of these people have adapted this way as mm-hmm. a maladaptive coping mechanism to trauma and childhood. Not all. Some of them are just raised to be entitled people who take, take, take and don't give, give, give. But so many have adapted this way. So the older they are, the more. Expert they become at manipulating people, at reading people. They're really good poker players, by the way. They can pull your cues, right? They look at you and see, like, oh, he didn't say that that's really important to him, but his eyes lit up when he talked about children, right? So Mm -hmm. he might want to be a dad. I'm going to talk about that, right? now I've always wanted to have a family. They're really good at doing that. And so all of a sudden, you get this beautiful person who is saying all the right things, and you're Charmed, And then they keep reeling you in, right? It's not like yeah. they become horrible the next day. No. They keep showing you. They, they keep presenting. They're like peacocks. They're showing you their beautiful yeah. foliage. You're thinking, wow, this person, like every day it's just better. They're really giving. They ask about my day. They're really involved in my feelings. They're d- doing all the right things. It's once you're hooked in and you're attached yeah. to them, you're trauma bonded, that then they start to deplete you of all that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Here comes a mask and the first kind of like, whoa. Like,
1: and, they'll, and they'll test you along the way, right? With small things to see yes. how far they can push you. Where's your boundary edge, right? Yeah. And then when they get too far, they reel it back in. And then again, say all the right things to get you like, oh, okay, well, they were just having a bad day today. That's not who they really are.
0: For sure. So again, like for, I I bring this stuff up because again, you know, I I like to think I'm a pretty, you know, clever, capable person, but again, I can have, I've been in toxic relationships and like you said, they do not start off that way. And then sometimes too, and I think this is important too, when I look back at some of my other relationships that were toxic, I wasn't at a good place myself. You know, I was going through stuff, maybe rebounding, maybe, you know, life and and I sometimes that, that you attract to kind of like who you are a little bit too, if that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah, so. which is why
1: when you leave these kind of relationships, truly, and people do it backwards, they put their kids first and not themselves, but you have to put on your own oxygen mask first. If you don't put yourself first and take excellent care of yourself on every level, emotional, like therapy, physical, really pump yourself full of good supplements and good nutrients, and move your body, it doesn't have to be you know, expensive gyms. It can just be going for yeah. walks, Work or out at home, free, right? Power whatever walks. it is that brings you joy in movement, whatever yeah. that is, right? Do that. Connect with your people because you've been isolated, right? Even if they haven't taken you away from your community, I can guarantee you're not telling your friends and your family how this person is treating you horribly. Everybody sure. feels guilt and shame, right? So they minimize Absolutely.
0: what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you think, it how the hell am I? How did
1: this happen?
0: For sure, for me, it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. Looking oh, yeah. in the mirror, not even recognize who I was. And for me, just you know, personally, for me, until I got control over my health, like when 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 it got to the point where I was feeling like, okay, I came close to having a heart attack a couple of times, including having the fire trucks come to my house and taken to the am- uh, hospital. That was a pretty wake up call for me. So for me, it was like I gotta regain control of my health again. So I just started eating as healthy I can, vitamins, you know, because I knew that would mitigate the stress, right? For me it was yeah. getting control back on the health. And then of course, you know, I got accused. So you're just a narcissist, you're just so into yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I just somebody... like, you well, guess what? F you I don't that's care. That's like
1: projection, right? right? They will yeah. never say that they are that yeah. type of person, but that's what they're yeah. saying to
0: you. Oh, you totally, right.
1: Listen to their accusations their accusations are the closest you're ever going to get to a confession so if they accuse you of cheating guess who's cheating if they accuse you of being an abuser guess who's an abuser if they accuse you of anything that's what they're doing again they're so paranoid and anything that takes attention off of them so how dare you mark put attention on yourself i know attention On yourself, it means that you have less time to to put on to her,
0: right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Totally. your
1: entire world should Mm -hmm. be about serving this person to the best of your ability.
0: Exactly. No, I agree 100%. Your services, because I do feel uh, from all the conversations we've had, and then my research, and even with other guests, is that... More and more, I understand the importance of of having your services, right? Because, again, this is the most treacherous things. I've I, In my lifetime, I'm just saying, I've been through a lot yeah. of stuff in my life. Nothing came close to the destruction of me than this in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And and going into it, you expect it to happen to you. So it's not like you have a big thick handbook on how to deal with narcissists the size of a phone book or information online. But you know, not all the information online is good. And in my opinion, I feel that sometimes narcissism is used too much of an umbrella term. You yeah, know what I mean? I it use is. it sometimes yeah. as a catch all phrase for just shitty behavior, excuse my language, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But but at the same time, you know, there are people on this on the spectrum. Some of them are psychopaths. Some are borderline personalities. Sometimes it's just just you know bad wiring, brain damage. There's it could be a, a multiple yeah. reasons why someone has ill behavior. But however, bad behavior that's unchecked that's projected on you in a partner type of relationship where you're supposed to feel safe and secure, and you know all your resources are all pulled together for your family. And it's like there's nothing in the world that prepared me uh, for yeah. that. So maybe let's break down the the type of things that you can do and then the most, the most extreme and then on like the lighter spectrum that that you can help people with, because I think it's important for another reason too. You're also like a a witness, like a third party that's going on. So it's not like, oh, their mother seeing Mm -hmm. the stuff or their brother. It's someone saying, no, I've actually seen this person being abused. They are. You know what I mean? I think that's powerful too. So I
1: think um, depending on what kind of abuse you're enduring, I think all people have emotional abuse. Even if there isn't always the physical, there's certainly the emotional. But if you have the physical, there's also the emotional. I, I haven't seen a case yet where the two are divorced. If you have physical abuse... I always recommend that people uh, find a domestic violence worker, which you typically get when you've had to use the police to mitigate the abuse, right? So the police are called so oftentimes, yeah, they will connect you with a person who can guide you from that end. What I do is blanket help for everybody in this area. And mm-hmm. I have clients who come to me at all parts of their separation process. Um, and so That is really effective, but it's really hard to undo damage that's already been done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can be still very effective. And I do have lots of clients who are divorced and still utilizing my services or come to me after their divorce. And I help them that way. But what I have realized in my time is that there needs to be more preventative approach. And so I've created, like we've talked about, my 12-week program, and that is taking a person who is ready to leave, but doesn't know how to make that happen. And in the 12 weeks, I front load you with all the information. I literally mm-hmm. hold your hand. So you you see me every week for an hour and a half of private consultation. And I literally walk you through every step. So it's three stages. The first stage is the plan. And -hmm. so I help you prepare to leave. I help you hire your lawyer and how to utilize your lawyer. I help you have the talk with your spouse if safety is not an issue, and then the talk with your children. And I equip you with the post-separation abuse spectrum so that you know what you're getting into. I truly believe that knowledge is power. So that's stage one. Stage two is the legal stuff and that's called the strategy. And that's where you learn to create a good parenting plan. You learn to prepare for court and mediation. Remember we talked about preparation is key. People who go in like lambs to slaughter get slaughtered. Uh, So I prepare you for that stuff. I teach you how to document effectively. I teach you how to communicate effectively so that you can then document that communication effectively. And the most important part, uh, that's the end of the program, stage three, which is the implementation is where you learn to protect yourself, your family, your home and your children. Uh, because they will always go after your kids and nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants to believe this, but as you and I both know, yeah, That is the ultimate way to hurt a healthy, protective parent is by going after the children. Oh, wow. And so I teach you how to mitigate that, like truly from the get-go. And mm-hmm. so this whole program happens before you even leave. And in between our sessions, you have access to me through Signal, which is an end-to-end encrypted uh, texting platform and or WhatsApp. So you, if you have issues, you text me and I real-time help you through. Um, and then post-12-week program, you have access to me every week. Wow. Uh, so that we can go through issues. I really believe that prevention is key and yes. going into this prepared and strategic with a good plan in place will help you avoid all the issues that I've seen in my work. Um You'll always have to deal with this personality. They don't change, but no. you become so knowledgeable and so equipped with the tools that you can avoid a lot of the big issues and minimize them, right? They're still going to have it like, like, an effect on your children, but what you do in your home mm-hmm. counters the abuse that they experience with their other parent.
0: No, that's amazing. And I can like again I wish I met you 3 years ago because again you know dealing with all the different ministry stuff the police stuff the you expect them even even not I don't expect anyone just because I utter some words oh they they're, they're going to totally take your side and also become your mm-hmm. advocate but again the way that victims are treated is is just deplorable I see that mm-hmm. the perpetrators get treated with kid gloves and then the victims get the brass knuckles. I've seen it over and over and over again, even in the worst case scenarios where it does yeah. end up in yeah. violence it yeah. ends up ultimately in death. Yeah. There's usually lots on the record, lots of reports. and
1: In the system too, right?
0: Yeah. So, so I think so, you, yeah. you providing that moral support is important because, again... In one stage of a situation I was dealing with, there was over 30 people involved, 30 different from doctors to psychiatrists to social workers to cops to none of them wanted to take any accountability. Because if they take accountability, then they're 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 responsible. Everyone. It's almost like the system now, in my opinion. If they just have this hands off approach, oh, you should see that person. You should go to family yeah. court. Family court yeah. says, so go to social services. Social services, they should yeah. go to the cops. The cops say, you should go to social. So it's everyone pointing uh, a finger at everyone. So just simply having someone. Like yourself in your corner can really get not you through even some just support. bad. Like
1: we all have support, right? Like t- yeah. to some degree, hopefully mm-hmm. most of us have like a family or at least a friend who can support us. But it's having the expert support. Yeah, that's what the I one mean. Who truly understands what's going on and can validate, right? In this type of relationship, you've been invalidated to the yes. core of your humanity and you are isolated. Even if you are social, even if you still have friends, you're isolated from people because there's a layer of why you yeah. have to lie to yourself in order to stay in the relationship. And I'm, I can bet big bucks that you've lied to people in your circle to, to normalize and minimize what you've experienced, because if you tell people the truth, they're going to look at you and say, why are you staying? And until you're ready to leave, then you start to confide. And so, having that expert person in your corner who's going to give you expert advice, not just your mom and dad who want the best for you, tell them to take them to the cleaners, right? Yes. They truly understand the system, they truly understand what's coming down the pipeline, and they're equipping you with the tools and the resources and the knowledge to make knowledge based choices and not fear based choices. For sure. That are going to then impact your future and your children's future. And truthfully, as you know, these people will turn children against healthy, loving parents that they had no Mm -hmm. issue with before. So that's why four weeks of my program is dedicated to that. How to undo the counter parenting, how to prepare for this intentional fracturing of the relationship so that you can avoid it,
0: right? And they call it toxic for a reason because again in the day, you know, it, it, there's nothing like I, I emphasize. There's nothing in my life that that even comes close to the oh. toxicity of it. Especially as he said, and you keep bringing the children up because that's the the key component here in a lot of the situations. Sometimes these situations can be very toxic when there's not kids involved. Like for example, uh, I interviewed Amber the Tatiana case. It's a horrible mm-hmm. case. She was murdered in Australia. A woman from Vancouver. I've been interviewing her best friend and she talks about the domestic violence that she went through and she was so like had Stockholm syndrome she would go to court and say I hit him I was a cheater I it's all me when when now looking back she can't believe uh, that she did that but so this is like how far you can go down the rabbit hole with abuse it can really you know going into trauma bonding and love bombing and it it, it can be more Yes. And those
1: are adults who yes. know, right? Yeah. Adults who know that abuse exists, right? They they do the most unbelievable things when they're in these relationships to get by. They're in survival mode, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing everything in their power to minimize their 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 fear and to maximize their safety, right? Now imagine a child mm-hmm. who sees no way out, right? Wow. The courts have failed them and have put them into cohabitation mode with their abuser either 50 percent of the time or whatever it is right they do not see a way out and i see this all the time kids go in pretty clear as to who the good parent is and who the bad parent is and the longer they have to live and cohabitate with their abusive parent the more likely their behavior changes the more likely they give up hope right and so they start to go along to get along just like Victims did in the relationship, but they're children, yeah. they're yes. vulnerable and they truly believe their parents love them. Kids don't stop loving their parent who's abusive. Mm-hmm. They stop loving themselves. Right. So as the healthy, protective parent, there's so much you can do in your own home, which is why there's four weeks of this. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, in your own home to minimize these effects on your child to minimize the effects of coercive control on young impressionable vulnerable children who know no different right
0: for sure you
1: have power in your home and what you do in your home can greatly mitigate so much of what's going on in the other home
0: let's end it on talking about things that a person can do for themselves. Like, you know, for me, it was getting my health back, getting in shape, working out was good. It was a it was a stress relief. It kind of gave me some control over something. And then as I started seeing the results, I started building my self-esteem back. And then as I got my self-esteem back, then behavior became less and less tolerable, right? So I believe uh-huh. that the self-work is an important part of it. And unfortunately, even people that are not in abusive situations, one of my biggest things I believe People who don't do self-work, just in general, are, are selling themselves short because they're not living mm-hmm. to the best potential of their being. Absolutely. When you're healthy, you, you have more energy and you could do more. When you're unhealthy, you're tired or just simple for that reason, yeah. right? Yeah. But for self-esteem building purposes, right? When you build your self-esteem, you don't accept things that will destroy, especially when you work so hard to build your self-esteem back, right? You're not going to let mm-hmm. someone just come and poop all over it and tear you down. Like, especially- Yes.
1: You must put your own oxygen mask on first. And so I tell my clients, you have to get the daily dose. And dose stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be... I know that money can oftentimes be an issue and time can be an issue. They don't have to be grandiose or expensive things. But even just Google. Google how to increase your dopamine, your oxytocin, your serotonin, your endorphins, your daily dose. Do it daily, right? Movement has to happen. You have to move your body, whatever. If that's lifting heavy weights, which is what I did, and it's super therapeutic, right? Like lifting heavy weights, like it's Mm -hmm. mind over matter. I ran marathons without training. It was excruciating, but it was mind over matter. I was proving to myself that I was Mm -hmm. mentally stronger than the pain that I was withstanding. So you do whatever works for you to make you get your confidence back. Yes, it's been eroded. You're not feeling great about yourself. You are running on empty. Literally, you're running on empty. All those good dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, they've been depleted. So your job is to increase those in whatever way you you can. Connect with your friends again. Go to therapy, journal, meditate, do yoga, run, hike. See the ocean. It's been scientifically proven that yes. going near water really is very therapeutic, right? Mm-hmm. Do breathing exercises and techniques. These are all things that are not only gonna really help you heal and get through this ultra marathon. Your divorce from this type of personality will not be a five K sprint. It will be a hundred and twenty mile endurance race. You need to take care of yourself before you leave. This this, and this is what I'm too, telling my my Program clients is before yeah. you even leave, you need to replenish what's been what's been lost. Yeah, right? what's been
0: taken away. If you're from not us.
1: below zero. Mm-hmm.
0: And also, they hate it when you oh, improve yeah. yourself. So for yeah. me, that was a big thing too. It's like you, the better you're, you're improving yourself, then, 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 the more you know, more it bothers them, which is you know, like, like, right? <laughs> which
1: is not why we're doing it in my program. No. I don't want them to even know that you're thinking of leaving. Yeah. That's a huge thing too, right? Is do yeah. not they're they're like animals right before a yes. natural disaster. They have yeah. like superhuman antenna for change. So oh, yeah. your job with me is to ensure that you stay under the radar that they yeah. are not fearful of you leaving because abandonment is their biggest wound oh, and then yeah. they'll stay yeah. right they will go through everything they will follow you they'll hack you they'll read yes. your emails they'll trace your car movements god. they will really start to pay attention yeah. i've had clients who have had their emails read for a year post separation they had no idea because spoiler was implanted on their computers and so oh, guess geez. what every email to their lawyer talking about strategy their abusive ex oh, was reading. My god Right. Wow.
0: Like, this is the stuff that nobody thinks about. Yeah. This is the what doubt, I do. That deviness, like, it's like, yeah. Well, see, yeah, the average so I'm, person I'm, doesn't, you yeah. know, they don't have time for it. They're just, you know, they're we thinking have, about, oh, my, you know, how to take care of my kids, the things that they're doing for the week where these people, it's like yes. every waking second is, is, yeah. Because they
1: do Derive pleasure from this, right? Yeah, they're literally creepy. empty void. They're they're yeah. empty, right? Which is why they're constantly addicted to stuff, be it shopping yes. or like sex or or drugs. They're they're empty. Yeah. They're constantly chasing their next high. guess anything that gives them a rush. Stuff, yeah. yeah, this kind of stuff really fills them, right? So they, we are real people, and we have yeah. lives, and we derive pleasure from from good and growth and yeah perfection. yeah they're the opposite everything that you think is good they think is bad um so you have to get out of the framework as like well i would never do that so why would they you know like yeah, that, or right you know? they discarded me they cheated on me they left me for a younger version who has more money why would they be upset why would yeah, they continue leave me this? Alone. You Literally got what you wanted. yeah well it's not what they want they're never no. happy so they'll keep coming back after you
0: Chantel was uh, post separation. Like the tentacles is probably the way I look at, they always have to have a tentacle on you and they they have long, you know, if they were like, if they, you know, again, like in my mind over the time, you know, of course in doing analogies, probably just for venting, You know, you think of different animals, weasels, snakes, and stuff like that. But in in reality, for me, it's almost like they're like some kind of squid-like entity. They can squish out of anything. You try to squeeze them. They ooze through your fingers. And they have lots of tentacles, of suction cups. And they also have poison ink to inject you with venom. So they would be (laughs) like their thing. This is slimy, squid-like creatures and that's what I sort of think. Their, their tentacles are just multiple yeah. reaching and yeah because just, they
1: just... need you more than you need them
0: yes yeah they
1: are literally these are the kind of people who cannot be alone in quiet solitude they are never no. going to meditate do yoga these people cannot be alone because quiet means that they actually have time to think about their lives so they have to fill every minute of their lives with something right with something that, that makes them feel alive again because they're dead they're dead yeah, inside They're
0: dead inside they are dead creatures and i, I was mm-hmm. i was watching something last night and it was a it was a, a psychiatrist talking about their eyes go black like when especially oh, yeah. when they're mad that and i've is, seen that is
1: called, that is called the look that yeah is i've
0: seen that it's just like this this entity that's just staring at these black you know and nobody eyes. knows with-
1: is until they've experienced it oh, and yeah. it's a reptilian really archaic primitive look and it's yeah. pure hatred i had a friend who texted me from an event and uh, she knows somebody that i know because we're all part of the same community and she saw this person this man mm-hmm. give his ex-wife the look across oh, a crowded stadium and she texted me not knowing who this person is i know who this person is right. but she had no idea she's like i saw the scariest look Across the yeah. crowded stadium. What's going on there? And I was like, yeah, that is the look. That's exactly. What nobody wants to see, because truly, if they could kill you, they yeah. would. Yeah,
0: like I've seen the difference, you know, again, like working in bars and stuff, I call it, you know, they give you like Charlie Manson eyes, or they're like that. And that's more <laughs> sometimes if they're just worked up, or they're, they're yeah. you know, hopped up on something. But there is like what you're saying, and their eyes are not even really that open. Their eyes just stare at you, they're almost like dead shark eyes, and it's yeah. kind of like, they there's are nothing.
1: They are dead, they are dead. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing behind tough. there. They're really like the mirror to the soul. And I hate to say this, but they're truly soulless yeah yeah, they're defective, broken human beings, and I know that there are some who heal, uh, mm-hmm. but that is too far and few in between for me to even validate. and it's it's just too hard. It's yes. too hard work, it's too vulnerable. So like ninety nine point nine percent of the population who is a narcissist and or sociopath, they just never heal.
0: no, especially
1: as they become adults, it's just they're too far
0: gone. For sure, I I totally agree. This is like something I brought up with Seb, who was a twenty year uh uh Mountie, and you know he's and he talks about something about what he calls what he believes is important, especially if you're leaving and or or left, called hardening the target, making yourself a not an ideal target. So security system, uh, dash cam on your car um wh- what are some things you'd recommend for that like making yourself not an ideal target if that's possible <sighs> deep breath <laughs> well
1: we i know yeah, yeah. well cuz we're all targets right yeah. here's the thing is we're all walking targets anyone yeah. who's empathetic generous loyal kind <laughs> Uh, determined is, is a target, right? Yes. Because those are the qualities that they look for because you'll stay the course. You'll put up with more yes. because you're loyal and you're loving. I really think the number one thing is give time time and space if you've just met a person yes uh do not fall quick and hard do not communicate see them every day give yourself time and space to be able to see the forest for the trees right Mm -hmm. if you're in this vacuum of like a love bombing stage it's really hard to see yeah the the red flags give yourself time do not get pregnant do not inseminate Yes. Right. Do not move in together. Do not buy a yeah. business together. Do not get married. Anything that tethers you to a person legally it's that much harder to leave. Right. And mm-hmm. truly, a person who like who loves you will stay around for two years. Right. Yeah, They're not going to drop for
0: sure. It because, and and be right? patient with you too. You yeah. Know, you yeah.
1: And uh, so, just give it time. So. You, you interview them, right? Like you truly mm-hmm. are interviewing them and their people. Meet their friends. I bet you that they'll talk a lot about you and your friends, but they yeah. won't divulge a lot of information about their family or their friends. Pay attention to things like my ex is crazy. I mean, we all have crazy exes, yeah. but most of us don't talk about that on the first date. No, day, right? no. It
0: doesn't come up front and center.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah. And also pay attention. Are they oftentimes the victim.
0: Yeah, they all have
1: issues with their colleagues, their bosses, their friends, their family, their exes. Mm-hmm. But if they're constantly the victim in this narrative and never the the person who's caused an issue, that's a giant red flag too, yes. right? So really give. But the biggest thing is time and space. Give yourself yeah. time and space, even when you're dating somebody that you're really into. Mm-hmm. Don't don't see them every day. Don't talk to them every day. Assert your boundaries and see if they respect your boundaries, even if they kind of seem kind of stupid.
0: Yeah, right? Just to see, totally. Are they going
1: to respect my boundaries, right? And, or are they and, going to try to keep pushing through the boundary? Like you if you say, what? you know what? I don't want to talk every day. Let's talk yeah. every other day. And yeah. they're like, but I love you so much. And I really, you know, don't you love me the way that I love you? I feel like I've never felt this way. If they're starting to push your boundaries from the get-go, drop it like it's hot and run for the hills. Yeah. It's not worth your time. Trust me on this one it's not worth your time.
0: And google them. I have oh, yeah. honestly too when I was single especially I've googled some people and then be like, "Oh my god, I just dodged yeah. a bullet." <laughs> yeah,
1: and meet their friends and family. Meet their friends and family. See how those dynamics are. What are they like really? Your Here's the thing is people go into this thinking that people are who they say they are, because most of us are honest human beings. We might fudge a little bit, like on my profile on Bumble, I might have said I was 130 pounds, but really I'm 135, right? Mm -hmm. We might fudge a little bit of the truth, but we we don't stray too far from the real narrative of life. These people lie like it's normal, right? So pay attention to what they say and what they do. If they say they respect you, but every time you assert a boundary, like, I don't want to text tonight, I've had a really long day, and they aren't respectful of that mm-hmm. boundary, they don't actually respect you.
0: No, they they exact thing you. that you just said, too. And then my my biggest thing now, you know, of all my, you know, trial by fire, is that if if there's a double standard, oh, if yeah. you're supposed to hop, skip and jump every time they make something or ask or request something, but when you ask for something in return that's of, of equal or lesser value, it's unreasonable.
1: Pay attention to communication. This type of personality tends to have their phone in their hand all the time, oh, 24 yes. hours a day, seven days yes. a week. They expect you to be at their beck and call. So when they call or text, you're supposed to, if you are happen to be busy because you mm-hmm. might have a life outside of them, that mm-hmm. they expect like an immediate turnaround, right? You then text back, oh, I'm sorry, I missed your text, what's going on? But pay attention to if they treat you the same way, if you call or text them, are they quick to pick up or do they let it sit for a while? Yeah.
0: Nope. Yeah. Their
1: phone is in their hand, right?
0: Good one too. It's like they you are they put you on a lower priority that they expect you to put them on. Yeah,
1: really receptive, but too much, right? Yeah. They tend to go do relationships at warp speed. You should take the time and really, really get to know them through an extended period of time before you make any long-term commitment. And I mean a lot, like take a year, right? What's a year of your life, truthfully? Oh, for sure. What's a year of your life? Because Taking that year and really being smart about this can save you twenty years of torture
0: oh, and totally, devastation. Totally. There are ways to do background checks, right? And and maybe mm-hmm. if you think you're going to really change your life and move a halfway across the country, maybe hire a private investigator to do a background check. Because in so many of these cases, Chantel, isolation, I've seen isolation is key. Move across the country when oh, they yeah. just met. And now they're isolated and living with their family and their family are just as awful.
1: So here's the thing is isolation is the easiest way to control a person. Now, if you yes. take them away from their community, either by literally moving across the country or to a different country, even a community, if you're too far away from your friends and your support that they can't be there, then you're isolated. Right. Sure. And then the isolation goes into financial isolation. You might yeah, get a really completely dependent allowance on every week. Right. Like if you come from a rich marriage and you have like $10,000 given to you every week, you might feel cushy, but oh, yeah. if you don't have access to money, like yeah. you don't have access to your own money, and you are reliant on your partner to give you money. That's also financial isolation. But never move, never yeah. ever move, never no. ever ever move until you are one hundred percent sure this person is who they say they are. Yeah, i isolation is the easiest way to control a person.
0: So do your homework, right? Is the person yeah. they, who they Take say they are?
1: I think so many people who've had bad experiences when they finally find this gem, they they are sucked in. Mhm. Right? And if it sounds too good to be true, guess what? It's too good to be true. Faulty. Like good people have faults, right? Yeah. So a person who comes across as too perfect
0: well, I had to unlearn so much such of my, you know, excuse my language, but some of like all the hippie bullshit that was taught to me in the, as a kid of the 70s and 80s, money doesn't matter. You don't judge a book by a cover. No, you judge a book by a cover. You look at it, you know what I mean? Like all the hippie bullshit that I, that brainwashed me, that totally like set me up for don't be judgmental, da-da-da-da, everyone has the karma thing, all that, right? Yeah. And, and, and time after time, that stuff got me in trouble. <laughs> and
1: I think also, as as a woman, mm. it's probably less for you, but do correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't like to make sweeping generalizations based on genders. But as a woman, we have a biological clock that's ticking. Yeah,
0: us, that our, I agree. That our yeah. best yeah.
1: by date is like 30, right? Yeah. If you're not married by 30, good luck trying to find a partner after 30 because your social... Yeah, you're a leftover
0: woman. In right, China, you, are, you are too
1: old. Too no. old. Your eggs are shriveling as no. we speak. Um, and I think that that a lot of people fall prey to that. Right. So they meet somebody who's good enough. Yeah. Um, and they pay. They don't pay attention to the red flags and the cues that this person is giving out that this person is not good because they feel their window of opportunity diminishing.
0: Okay, I dated a oh, Portuguese yeah. woman uh, when I was in my twenties. There was harsh pressure to get married, like from the family, like harsh <laughs> pressure. Yeah, like when are you guys getting married? And to the point mm-hmm. where it's kind of funny. Like when we stayed over there, like you're not married, so you have to sleep in the basement. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it was like a well, way, was way to was put pressure
1: family, right? So when we traveled together as a couple that was non-married and we went to stay at like my grandparents' cabin, we literally had to sleep in separate beds. Like, it, oh. and I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, yeah, this is just, you know, I'm like a sign of respect until we're married. Yeah, this is course. how it is. Yeah. Societal constructs and cultural constructs play hard on this, right? But yeah. as a woman, I can only speak as a woman because I'm a woman. So I'm coming at it from a woman. I really felt a lot of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of pressure. This is as good as it gets. You might as well yes. just jump.
0: You're not getting any younger, When you're having kids, you're not getting it. Yeah, yeah. So you
1: also see this post separation too, right? Men with children Mm -hmm. have an easier time finding a partner. Children, even if we make the same amount of income of who we are, you will have an easier time repartnering with a quality individual than a woman with the same life history. Right? We'll look at us and say, "Oh, well, she's divorced." She's in her 40s and she Mm -hmm. has two kids. We feel lucky that the man is looking at us saying, Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to take her. Whereas it's just a given that a man with children, a woman's going to be maternal and want to take care of those children.
0: No, I agree. Because, like, you know, in my search, I was a widower and they said statistically, most men that are widowers get married or Get a partnership within a year, where women—it's not—I forget what the statistic was, but it was a hell of a lot Mm -hmm. lower. It was like it was, yeah,
1: because we are considered used, right? uh, And we feel fortunate when a man who looks at us as a package.
0: Yeah, and then that, of course, we can get into another conversation (laughs) next time. (laughs) But predators, that that definitely one of the things that I'm going to get into. I
1: always tell people: do not put your kids in social media. Do not put them on your dating app. You are a single mom. Yeah, and.
0: Because, yeah, again, like, if whole they whole like top teenagers top. and you have teenage girls, right, you know, so or I'm going to get into stuff. that in another series about, like, online predators and dating apps and things like that. Oh, yeah. It's another monstrous world that needs exposure, but...
1: Yes. Anyway, Shantel,
0: we can talk for hours and hours and hours. Yes. And, you know, I appreciate you every time you come on. And we always have very good, insightful, deep conversations. It's, you know, it's honestly, it's my pleasure to have you on. You're welcome to come on anytime you want. I really love the work you do because I wish there was more people like you. Because this is this is such a uh minefield is probably the best way to describe it. You're separating man or woman, right? There's a lot of men that go through the, uh, abuse yeah. too. And, and sometimes yeah. the men's stuff is more on the passive aggressive uh, oh, way
1: more cool stuff, yeah, yeah.
0: stuff. And it's hard for a guy to articulate. And and I'll tell you too, just quickly before I go, like I was, I was saying, you know, the, the cops would come to my house sometimes when Alexandra would have like one her psychotic breaks, not all, most of the cops were good, but there was a couple of the old school ones looking, oh, you can't handle your woman, what do you want me to do, smack yeah. her around? Like, what do you, like, I look at them, what do you expect me to do other than try to listen and calm her down? You know, and they're kind, the of thing, though, like, kind of giving me that kind of, and that did not happen very people. often. That only happened from yep. a few of them, but they kind yeah. of, like, well, you, can't, you know, that kind of BS, yep. right? So there, there's like, you know, again, for women, they're more susceptible to be victims of violence, especially in the cases mm-hmm. I've done men can be very emotionally abused and whittled down. I've seen that. I've seen that even growing yeah, up where you know, the man is just like yeah. a shell, just, just like little whittles, like, you know, little, like, the, like, like bites that over time those add yeah. up until the guy's just like a, a doormat, walking yeah, doormat. Shell. So it can happen to the best of us, right? So I think it's valuable that we have these conversations and stuff because the more that we could try to make people to understand Um, understand and undo and unravel this harm, put in that self work and actually truly become the person that you want to be. You you don't have to be defined by your last relationship, right?
1: Yep. Nope. And there's so much potential for a great life. Like Mm -hmm. I, like I guarantee there's, even when you're dealing with the worst stuff, there's so many nuggets of beauty to experience in life. Truly.
0: Yeah, so thank you again. Thank you for coming on. Hopefully, <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll continue in the conversation, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. awesome.
1: Thanks, Mark, for having me again. Knowledge yeah. is power.
0: Yes, thank you again. I'll let you go. Have a wonderful day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye.